Hey everyone, this is James Mackey and welcome to the Breakthrough Hiring Show. Join us as we cover high-level thought leadership and step-by-step guides on how to make people a competitive advantage for your organization. I'm incredibly proud to be the CEO of Secure Vision, the sponsor of this show and the number one contract recruiting, embedded recruiting, and RPO firm. A thank you to our partners, Greenhouse, the hiring operating system for people-first companies, and GEM, the all-in-one hiring solution recruiters love. Let's go! Hello and welcome to Talent Acquisition Trends and Strategy. Today we are joined by Katie Zotos. Katie, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good. How are you, James? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on today. And uh, really excited to speak with you today and record this episode together. Uh, Before we jump into it, though, would you mind sharing with the audience a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I'm Katie Zotos. I'm the Talent Acquisition Manager with Supporting Strategies. So um, it seems like time's flying. I've been here about just over a year and a half now. And I actually started in the talent partner role here. I was, I've was i been in the manager role for about a year. And my background is actually, I am I kind of cut my teeth through the staffing agency. I started out doing, I started out working out in Metro Detroit, hiring like high volume call center reps. So that's kind of how I cut my teeth after college. And then I moved into more like professional level staffing, um, really focused on engineering, accounting and finance, and then really kind of reached a point where I was ready to, you know, kind of make more of a a larger impact in one organization. Um, And, you know, I found myself at Supporting Strategies. So that's kind of where I'm at today. For sure. And so Supporting Strategies, it's around like Four or five hundred employees, is that right? Or how actually we're about we're over eight hundred currently. Oh wow, okay. So yeah, I'm eager to hit that one thousand plus number of employees. I'm I'm sure it's gonna happen soon. And uh so professional services, outsource bookkeeping primarily. So um and it's a franchise model too, right? Just so everybody knows. Yes, exactly. So I'm just to kind of explain the structure, I'm with our corporate team, so us as a franchisor. And we support the recruitment efforts of our franchisee offices. So we have about just under 80 total franchisee offices that we support um, kind of core recruitment for. And then, um, yeah, just over 800 network employees. Okay, cool. Thank you. I think that gives a lot of great context so people understand uh, where you're coming from there. So that's cool. So um, you said one of the things that you had mentioned is that, excuse me, at scale, your your team is focused on helping... uh, uh, these franchisees hire part-time talent. So yes, that's a very kind of, I think that's, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about that today because um, I, we haven't covered this topic on the show. So um, I, what are like the biggest lessons learned? I guess we can just start there at a high level. Like, okay, when you're recruiting part-time talent, is there any nuance uh, in terms of how you recruit versus how you would for full-time positions? Yeah, definitely. And in my line, I always say this um, like a broken record, but it's true. It's, you know, in some ways hiring part-time people, it makes our job easier. In other ways, it makes our job harder as a, you know, as a talent acquisition team. So we are really uh, focused on finding long-term fits for people or finding long-term employees for our offices. So with that, where the nuance kind of comes into play is with interviewing folks. You know, we don't want to be just a stopgap for someone. I think especially with COVID, it was kind of a unique time period. Um, I started here in March of 2021. So I didn't see the initial kind of post-COVID piece that my team saw. But, you know, during that time period, we didn't. We wanted to screen those candidates out that might have just been looking for a stopgap, whether they were just 
laid off or on a furlough. So we really kind of dive into how do these folks align to our value proposition and what's driving them to want to work here. Um, And and that's something that I think it kind of just comes through experience with interviewing these people. Um, These part-time focused candidates is understanding, you know, again, what drives them? Have they have they done their research on supporting strategies? Are they uh, planning to work another job? You know, we have people who apply who, you know, think they can balance two jobs, like a full-time job and this part-time job. And that's really just not the ideal candidate who works out here. Um, So I think it kind of comes through experience with asking the right interview questions, but it really is, I always say it's, it's just a dance of figuring out, you know, what drives them and and why us ultimately. Um, So that's one part of it. And then, you know, with, again, hiring part-time folks, it's a different, it's different from a talent attraction standpoint, because we're not going to be the most successful going on LinkedIn and reaching out to people, you know, those cold leads. We're really going to have the most impact by having people be aware of our brand, be aware of the fact that they can work completely remote. They can work, you know, flexible hours in a re- with a reduced schedule in accounting because initially that was kind of rare. Now with the kind of post COVID world, it's becoming way more common for companies to offer, you know, part-time remote work. So, the landscape that we're competing in for talent has changed. The talent market we're in is also probably one like most people have never seen before. Um, so really where we've kind of put our focus on is, you know, brand awareness and, you know, just marketing with the right um, companies, like whether it's, you know, Indeed or Glassdoor and, and putting our spend into the partners that make the most sense for us. For sure. So from a channel perspective, like where do you do you have like a percentage breakdown or or maybe just like, I would love to just know the channels that are pulling in the most inbound applicants. Like do you, for what I, so I recruit in tech, like the tech industry. So we do help hire finance and accounting people, but it's for like growth stage software companies, essentially. Um, we have across the board for revenue, tech, GNA, FNA, anything, uh, terrible luck on Indeed. Like yeah, that's funny. This, specifically for the tech industry how is that is that a good uh source of candidates for you because i know in different places it's i mean obviously they're a huge company and they're pulling in revenue consistently so i know it's got to work somewhere but i just i haven't yeah. seen it i saw it when i did my previous job i did like it infrastructure roles okay um, yep and it worked pretty well there actually uh but that yeah. was the environment i saw it That's actually, it's really funny that you say that because Indeed is by far like our best performing source. Wow. So yeah, and it's, it's like shocking how, how well it performs for us. And that's where, you know, again, I've been here for a year and a half, so I've at least seen enough, but I'm still kind of, um, you know, looking at, Hey, how, what have we tried in the past? And I think when I initially started as a talent partner, we were very much trying to figure out like, where else can we get candidates? You know, it was like probably the height of the craziness in the talent market, you know, the first year that I started. Um, So, you know, we kind of have found really what works for us well is indeed. And I think in part, that's because if people are, you know, searching or Googling remote part-time accounting, we're going to pop up on Indeed. It's actually funny because on Indeed, we are featured as one of the number one employers for accounting jobs. Um, so, you know, of course, we have a lot of spend with them. Of course, you know, that kind of 
parlays into the reach that we have within Indeed. We've also, we've invested in becoming a featured employer with Indeed. We have um, an upgraded Glassdoor profile. So I think those two sources kind of feed into one another. Um, And really, I think now that, I think we're, from a talent acquisition standpoint, we're in a really comfortable spot. The, you know, the the craziness has has subsided a little bit. Um, And I think the market's hopefully starting to soften, maybe not as much as we'd like in the talent acquisition world, but it's softening a little bit to where we're now kind of taking a step back and thinking like what other partnerships are going to make the most sense, whether it's with, you know, like CPA boards or CPA chapters um, and starting to put some of our spend in some of those niche groups that are really aligned to our ideal candidates um, and even kind of going back to some of the basics. And, you know, we think about when you walk into a Starbucks, you see that bulletin board that's there and or even when you go to the library, um, a lot of our ideal candidates are people who have rich lives outside of work. And that's why they're looking to work part time, you know, whether it's kids or family or, you know, elderly parents. Um, So we've even started like a campaign where each of our managing directors at our offices can like print out this recruitment flyer, you know, pop it on a billboard in your Starbucks or in your library and, and just start drawing people to us a little bit more organically and a little bit more of like an old school way. So those are some things that we're experimenting because, um, you know, we realize like we kind of have to think outside of the box, just reaching people um, with a cold message isn't the best way. And I'm kind of going off topic, so feel free uh, to jump in. But one of the things that's also unique about us is we have so many candidates coming to us and we're really putting together more of like a robust kind of tactical plan to reach kind of that, those candidates in our database and put together kind of those drip campaigns to touch them. Um, so that's something, you know, we've, we're, we're going to be putting a little bit more time into as well. Okay. So Indeed's a huge driver. And then it sounds like your database is a huge driver, right? Because yeah, when, when people come into the funnel, maybe they don't move forward for whatever reason. Um, do you have a, a pretty big database that you're leveraging and, and how, what percentage of hires just comes from going through, would you say on like, you know, it doesn't, not, doesn't have to be an exact number, but do you feel like a lot of hires come through just having access to that database? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So yeah, we use iSIMS right now and we're debating, you know, what makes the most sense to um, continue kind of basically developing or like adding on their CRM feature to build more of those campaigns and those drip campaigns. Um, I don't have an exact percentage of, you know, the folks that come to us um, that we might like reach back out to six months later or a year later. Uh, but those are some other things that we've realized, like the need of getting more of those metrics and, and really understanding, you know, how long are people in our system before we're we're touching them again? And why didn't we tap them the first time and what changed? So those are things that I'm really excited for us to move into the new year and, and really kind of create more of a, a path to developing that because, um, you know, truthfully, we, where, where we've been the last, you know, I kind of think like two and a half years ago to now, um, <laughs> we're hiring like at least double than we used to. So it's it's kind of um, wild. Like 
2021, we hired probably double than we did in 2020. And that that number kind of continues to go up. So now is the is a time where we've realized like we need to be making use out of those candidates in our database and we need to kind of put those programs together. Yeah, for sure. I think that's so important. And actually kind of a parallel to uh, sales organizations is, you know, right now at Secure Vision, we're actually optimizing what we do when uh, we don't close a deal. Like when a uh, a customer decides to move forward with another solution uh, for whatever reason, or um, possibly uh if we won the deal, uh, but you know, we fill all the open roles for a company and then they don't need us for a few months, right? Because they've kind of fulfilled their hiring needs. Um, what are the kind of campaigns that those types of accounts are falling into mm-hmm. so that we can follow up with them on a regular cadence and uh, re-engage with churned customers or re-engage in situations in which they decide to move forward with a different solution, whether that be like an in-house recruiter or whatever it might be. Um and it's, it's the same on the talent acquisition side, right? Like one of the th- big things that I try to put out there into the world is that you need to run recruiting orgs like you run revenue orgs. Um, you know, it's like focusing on, okay, optimizing each channel, knowing where you're getting the majority of your qualified leads, um, working them down a funnel, understanding your top win reasons. Why do people move forward with you? Top loss reasons. Why are people dropping out of the process? What part of the process they're dropping out of? Um, you know, all of these things uh, are are what more sophisticated revenue orgs are doing is exactly what we should be doing on the talent acquisition side as well. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of companies too make the mistake of like not having a robust applicant tracking system because like, you know, you need those different, like as you were just mentioned with ISIMs, like looking into CRM functionality, all this stuff. It's like you need a robust system in order to actually run it like a revenue org. And a lot of the ATS providers it's like more of this out of the box solution that has really bad reporting, kind of not so good functionality. And so it's really impossible to run it like a robust revenue org, right? Um, so it's always better, I feel like, to invest in the better tech. And it's honestly, it's not even too expensive like to get better recruiting tech. Yeah. I mean, when you think about, you know, the the ROI that it would potentially, you know, bring in and, you know, um, I report into our VP of growth. So talent acquisition falls under, you know, the growth channel. That's um, really cool. I like that. Yeah. I think it is really, you know, it, it, it just makes so much sense. And I think if an organization doesn't have their talent acquisition team aligned with, you know, growing revenue, you know, they're kind of doing something wrong because, you know, we, we are such, you know, talent acquisition is such a, an important part of the business, but um, you know, our VP of growth, Lynn, she's been a huge, um, just advocate of, of upgrading the tech and, and making the tech work for you. So yeah, I, th- I think that's really well said. And, um, I think that's something that we've realized, like with how quickly we've grown and are continuing to grow is we can't wait on some of these things. And, and we, we definitely, you know, should be making use of the people who are in our system mm-hmm. versus just going out and spending money, you know, with these, you know, potential vendors who think that they can get us new candidates, um, because chances are they're already in our database. It's kind of yeah, the reality, for sure. So, so besides Indeed and database, like, are there any other inbound? Well, I guess database isn't really inbound. That's technically outbound because you have to reach out. But uh, is there, are there any other inbound channels that you're leveraging besides Indeed that are effective? Yeah, let me think about that.
You know, it, it really sounds, you know, quite basic of like, hey, you know, we're we're an Indeed and Glassdoor LinkedIn. Um, you know, all of our recruiters hold a LinkedIn C as of right now. Um, and where, again, you know, that's kind of um, a little bit better aligned for the business development partner roles that we fulfill. Um, business development partner roles are certainly a very small percentage of the overall positions that we support. Most of them are within the accounting realm. Um, but that's where we're a little bit more outbound um, with, you know, getting those candidates. However, otherwise, it really is indeed. Um, and I'm just trying to think it, it's. We, we do partner with other um, like accounting focused job boards, um, but but definitely the min- the minority right. with considering considering indeed. So I, I saw a bunch of jobs on, on LinkedIn posted, but I'm not sure if those were just scraped from the internet because LinkedIn will do that. Mm-hmm. Or are those um, sponsored jobs that y'all are paying for on, on LinkedIn? Yeah, great question. So the majority of those are scraped. We mm-hmm. do have um, two LinkedIn job slots that we rotate. So since most of our positions are either, you know, for the external word would be like accountant or accounting manager, We've just figured, you know, the even though we might have 50 jobs posted and they're all scraping to a LinkedIn, we might have, you know, those two positions actually posted on the job slot to kind of maximize reach, but also minimize our total spend with LinkedIn. Okay, I got you. And what's the, I'm just curious, what's the performance of the, so the jobs that are kind of scraped and put on LinkedIn, do you actually get quality applicants applying through LinkedIn on the scraped we, jobs? Yeah, it's kind of hit or miss. And, and that's where I think, um, I always wonder, you know, do people apply where they just see us first, or maybe they see us on LinkedIn first, but they actually submit their resume through Indeed. Um, But what I like about having the job slot, and this doesn't show so much, um, this isn't so much the case for the jobs that are just scraping. So it's hard to actually have real data for how people are clicking on those jobs. But for the actual job slots, what I like to do is I like to see the apply starts and start filtering those people and then seeing, hey, did these people, like this candidate looks great, but they're not in our our system. So they actually didn't apply. Why didn't they apply? And we have templates built out where it's a quick reach out. And then it's, you know, from there, it takes it from a cold lead to a warm lead to, you know, potentially someone who's, um, you know, interested us in us and a viable candidate. For sure. And so you'd also mentioned uh, Glassdoor. Do you have, I, I think you can, like people can apply through Glassdoor. Is that, isn't that right? Yeah, they um, can. I've never yep. used it for that reason. I've, it's just been for, like, we just point candidates there when they're in our funnel primarily. Yeah, we have jobs that, so I believe now that Glassdoor and Indeed are partners, I believe that jobs funnel over from Indeed onto Glassdoor. Hmm. Uh, I could be wrong on that. Because we're not directly posting on Indeed, it could feed from our our ATS. Um, but yeah, I know some people will specifically apply on in, on Glassdoor, but I believe it's all feeding through Indeed. Okay, yeah, I think uh, I think Indeed purchased Glassdoor, right? Or maybe yes, the other they, way around. Yeah, one of one Probably of them Indeed. purchased. I would guess. Yeah, I would guess indeed purchased them. Yeah. I mean, I tried to reach out to Glassdoor to get like a sponsored account and it was just such a freaking mess getting a hold really? of customer success and like setting something up. I think we just stopped. 
Like we reached out several times and they were just really unorganized. I mean, this was, I think, right when the acquisition happened. So that's probably why. Yeah. But it was pretty tough. That's yeah, that's too bad to hear. I will say they're very pricey. Um yeah. it, it's very pricey. We do see the value. Um and this is maybe to answer one of kind of your earlier questions about like how how are we attracting those part-time folks is you know, we've realized like with our business since we're we're recruiting employees that are going to be employees of a franchisee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes the the reviews people will leave, they might have a bad experience at one franchise office. They'll leave a really negative review and it's like you know, there's more to it. There's more nuance to it. So that's why we like having um, the employer profile and being able to kind of take ownership of our brand and kind of um, just have that control a little bit more because, and, and you probably hear this too, you know, once you're presenting someone to a client, but for us, you know, doing the interviews, it's, yeah, I looked you up on Glassdoor. I saw some of the reviews or they'll ask questions that you can kind of tell might be might have been from a review that was left that was a little negative. Um, but again, I think since each office is its own entity, we really want to get ahead of, hey, that's usually not the case. Or, hey, I'm sorry you had a bad experience. Um, each office is their own entity, blah, blah, blah. And, and kind of getting, you know, giving those people those answers because, um, you know, for our business, it, it is just unique where... You know, they might have a bad experience and, and that's always a bummer to hear, but it's it's usually not the norm. Gotcha. So so for that's actually interesting. So in situations in which companies may not have the best glass door reviews for maybe it's like a franchise situation. Other times, you know, there might just be growth pains, right? Uh, companies are growing and maybe they change up the executive team or they move, transition to more of a performance-based culture. And, you know, people that were there before those shifts may not be happy. Right, opposed to new hires that come in, that it's it's always been that way, right? Um, so it sounds like what how you respond to candidates that maybe are concerned, or that you you mentioned that you know each company is their it's its own entity. Do you have any advice to talent acquisition leaders that maybe aren't in the franchise model, but they're dealing with situations in which there are some glass door reviews that aren't any great? Is there like any kind of objection handling that you recommend or? See, see what I mean? Like, how do you, how should mm-hmm. companies kind of tackle that? Yeah, I, I know it's easier once you do have the employer profile. Um, and the you know, if you if you ha- are left a review that you know you can say is this isn't a justified review. This this is you know nasty or it's you know um, you know not the case. Being able to you know have a rep that you can escalate it to, and and if it's something you can justify, they can work to remove that. However, that's typically not the case, and I don't think that's directly your question. Um, I think being able to respond to them, you know, we have kind of our slated responses of you know I- explaining, you know, whether it's I'm sorry that was your experience. You know, I think that goes a long way. Just recognizing like. Hey, I'm sorry to hear that, and you know, telling them you know maybe what steps you're doing to help that never happen in the future if it was a specific scenario right. they're explaining. Um, I think just very simple responses are are sufficient. I don't think it needs to be, um, you know, like anything drawn out. Just, you know, a few sentences kind of responding to a review is helpful. The other thing that Glassdoor does is it it takes weight. Like if you took, if you look at like the one through five scale of someone's 
of an employer's ranking, like if they're a three and a half. Basically, so with the reviews, um, the way Glassdoor looks at it is they look at um, the time or the year a review is left. So I forget the exact parameter, but if a review is older than one year, it, it it's weighted differently than if it was new. So uh, gotcha. something, yeah. So with that kind of understood, um, you know, reaching out to your team and like team of employees, not just your team, um, and having them leave reviews to kind of um, get that overall score up, I think is a benefit. And also just getting more responses of um, and greater number of people explaining like what their experience was at, you know, whatever company. I think those are little things that you can do that will help. Um, the same thing on Indeed is, you know, you can easily, I, I we have a feature, we're a featured employer on Indeed. I believe you might be able to do this if you're not, but you can respond to reviews. There's also a whole Q&A um, section that you can, well, that you're supposed to respond to candidates. You know, sometimes they ask us, hey, can I just work weekends? And it's like, no, you know, yeah. that's not the case here. And, you know, just kind of explaining um, a little bit more about your company. So I think those are some areas where it gives you just some control. And if a candidate is really doing their due diligence of reading the reviews and looking at the Q&A and Indeed, um, they might see that, hey, I am aligned to this position or I'm not aligned and potentially not apply, which, you know, ultimately we want people who are aligned applying. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, just getting back to, so for also for Glassdoor, um, one thing that I've found to be very helpful, well, one thing that I think is really necessary to overcome Glassdoor reviews is actually to implement employee feedback and make sure that there's a feedback loop in place. So sometimes that helps. Um or sometimes there's just like shifts in the business. But either way, as a recruiter, it's very helpful to say, hey, at that point in time when that review was left, we had just gone through XYZ transition. You know, we um we brought in a new leadership team, uh, or we were going through this acquisition, or you know, we were rolling out this new metric or performance thing, or whatever it might be. Um, or you know, we realized that we we, you know, as fortunate as it is. Um, we had to kind of shift uh, uh, the skill sets required for XYZ type of position. Um, and that required us uh, to, to to hire some new people uh, and provide severance packages to some people. We took care of them. Uh, but the reality is that that was the business need uh, at the time. And, you know, we did our best to help people land on their feet. We gave them generous severance package. You know, but th- those types of things, like if you can explain it and talk about it as like a growth pain or a transition period, um, you know, that's something that I've, I've been able to leverage in the past that's really helped and, and obviously try to stack good reviews on top mm-hmm. of some of those negatives. Um, yeah. and then also like when people live those, leave those good reviews, also asking them to provide detail, like, don't just say good place to work or great place to work. Like say, Hey, I've been working alongside my manager for now, you know, 10 months. And what I really appreciate is X, Y, Z, um, you know, that type of stuff is going to be more important. I think as well. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, like employees, if they feel like heard and they feel like improvements are being made are mm-hmm. typically not going to be the ones leaving a bad review when people feel like ignored or something like that. So I think just having that constant feedback loop. And I feel like in a franchise model, that's definitely harder because it's like you're trying to protect a brand, but then you don't have necessarily control over how each entity is actually operating. Um, yeah. So I, I think you're like 
the primary ejection handling being like, look, each franchise is its own uh, entity. Here's what I can tell you about the one that you would be working with. Uh, and here are some references specifically for this franchise or something like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and that really is, you know, one of the tougher parts about kind of the role we play is, um, you know, there, there's a lot that we can do, but there's also a lot that we can't do, you know, once an employee is placed with an office, you know, they're not our employee, um, you know, legally, we, you know, we, we do have that line of separation. We have, um, one of the things I think is worth mentioning is we have a knowledge and engagement team um, that work kind of with our franchise offices. And I always say they're kind of like the stepbrother and sister to talent acquisition because we work closely together, um, but they're kind of the, the, closer line of defense if an office is having like an, a, a specific employee issue or maybe they're having like a structural issue and, you know, need some help kind of aligning their team better. Um, so that's the role that our knowledge and engagement team plays. But also from, you know, the like what you said about you know, explaining like, here's what this specific office has to offer. I think that's where our talent acquisition team and our talent partners do a really great job of kind of selling the candidates on the phone. You know, as you know, like this is very much a sales role and you can kind of tell when a candidate's read maybe a review that they're asking you questions about. Um, and, and I know yeah. like a couple offhand where it's like, you know, I can tell where this question is coming from. <laughs> so with that, you know, I think there's an element of then, you know, getting them excited about an office and, you know, explaining how is it different um, and why it's potentially a good fit is so important. So there, there's definitely a layer to that. And then, um, you know, just being transparent with the offices about, hey, yeah. these are the things you need to do better. Hey, these are the reviews we're, we're being left. So, you know, that's, that's definitely the unique role that we're playing kind of as the partner, as the advisor. Well, you guys are doing a good job. Like I'm on your Glassdoor page right now and it's yeah. like a four star overall, which is awesome. I feel like for a franchise model, that's really impressive too. Like, yeah, it's, you know, it's manage that. thank you. Yeah. We're, we're definitely happy with where it's at. And that's where I think, um, you know, again, I'll, I'll, I know you've had some, some challenges with Glassdoor, you know, being able to feature the review is always a, a cool feature mm -hmm. that, that we appreciate, but, um, yeah, I think generally it's it's definitely um, trending in the right way. And oh, I see that featured review. I didn't know that you could do that. Yeah, so I guess that's part of the paid model. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> so you could pop it right at the top. Exactly, <laughs> right, right at right the there. top. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, well, it just kind of lets cool. you control the narrative a little bit, and in a way that I do feel is more reflective of our business and the things that sure. we're proud of. Um, so we also did you know, just with regard to like branding and especially for us, you know, we really promote work-life balance and, you know, flexibility. So we, um, part of our knowledge and engagement team helped us create like a talent video. So when you go on our glass door page, right on the banner, you can click this talent video and it shows people like talking about, um, you know, why they like working here and how it gives them time for other things. So, those are things that I think um, are are unique, especially if someone is weighing us against one of our competitors that are also yeah. doing part-time accounting work. Um, so it kind of gives a, a better lens into like really who we are and who are yeah, our employees. For sure. I see that video right at the top, like in the banner. 
So I feel like that's so important because is that the one you're talking about? It's like um, right at the very top of the page. Yes. Yep. Okay. That's cool. I haven't seen that before either. So what I like about how you all are doing talent acquisition is I feel like a lot of services companies are just so bad at branding and online positioning. And it's like they're doing talent acquisition like it's the 90s. Mm-hmm. And they're just not putting any effort into candidate experience or the word you use, talent attraction. Um, so yeah, I could see why it's it's working and you would have an advantage over the competition. It's just like actually taking the time and putting in the effort to make it a, a better experience, um, which is which is really cool to see. That's awesome. Yeah, and and still so many things um, you know we're still working on, but I, I do yeah, feel like that's such a crucial part of you know, the candidate experience and, you know, also for our team, like automating steps, like automating, you know, personal rejection notes and automating, you know, these things that that save our team time, but also create a, you know, a positive experience, even if we're not moving forward with someone. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the ultimate goal is even if you don't move forward with somebody, they say, wow, I really appreciate the quality of this experience. <laughs> and actually I yeah. have somebody in my network that I think could be a good fit. I mean, exactly. I feel like when you're really crushing that experience, that those things start to happen. Um, yeah, it, yeah, that's definitely really well said. And the other piece to that is, you know, as we kind of build out new roles and new offerings next year, some of the candidates who we may have passed on, you know, the last six months, a year, they might become viable candidates again. So it's like, yeah, how can we sure. repurpose them? Yeah, um, I mean, but only if. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say only they're they're probably only interested in you know working with us again if they did have that positive candidate experience. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, like for instance, like I'm on your interviews tab on Ghost Store. It's like your your top two is like no offer, positive experience. <laughs> it's not funny. Like so, it's like easy scheduler process and quick responses. Like that's that's what you want, right? Because then it's like, all right, somebody's not moving forward, but we still preserve their experience and set up the relationship for success. And, you know, we're not treating people like numbers. We're treating them as human beings that, you yes. know, we're, we're building positive relationships with. So that's the way to do it. And I think that's something like, you know, companies actually, I feel like should do a better job running campaigns around getting glass door reviews for interviews. Uh, because a lot of the times they're thinking like, okay, I got to wait till somebody's been here three months, which is usually what I recommend for Glassdoor reviews, having some kind of cadence built out uh, within onboarding so that there's some kind of you know 90 day check-in, uh, hopefully with the the manager at the franchise or or you know if it's not that model, just you know with the hiring the hiring manager, the direct manager to to go ahead and ask for that review. Uh, but when the offer goes out, I mean, before the candidate starts, when the excitement is peak, it's like, okay. hey, can you leave us a review on Glassdoor for the quality of your interview experience? Yeah, you know, I mean, absolutely. like that's, I feel like that should be baked into more companies' processes, but like I hardly ever see it. Yeah. And so. you're totally giving me great ideas as we speak of, yeah, you know, capturing them at, at peak excitement. And I think... Um, you know, for us, it's it's another thing of like, how can we automate that drip campaign? So it's kind of out of thought, you know, yeah. out of sight, out of mind, but it's still happening and it's still making that impact. So yeah, I wonder if iSims could do that. Um, if you could set up like custom workflows for like, okay, offer out. Does it, can you do anything um, after offer? Is that, or maybe that's in like an HRIS where it's like the first thing. Um, but yeah, I feel like reviews should need to be uh, both on revenue side and talent acquisition side, there should be process built around 
getting five-star reviews and it should mm-hmm. be something that's consistent um hopefully automated but if not like somehow uh tied to like an okr like some kind of performance metric or like something where like talent partners are held accountable for getting x amount of reviews right per quarter mm-hmm. whatever it might be to kind of drive that performance um i feel like is really important but again hardly ever seen so um yeah just really really interesting stuff and i think too it's like if you don't have like a brand that everybody's heard of it becomes more important because like the burden of proof falls more on you as an employer mm-hmm. um if you don't have like if you work for you know a big tech company or whatever like a big company that's well known people might decide to work for you regardless because it's like the brand recognition and being Absolutely. able to level up their careers but for a lot of services companies may not have that type of brand on the marketplace right um totally yeah. yeah and and that's something kind of as you know I evolve in my role and and through you know the support of our VP of growth like I've definitely recognized like the the brand awareness the brand recognition is is so crucial and um you know I always say like for us we've been since 2004 when we were founded granted we were much smaller back then we've been hiring for part-time remote accountants so for us it's like whenever someone is looking for a part-time remote accounting job they should always be coming to us they should never be going to our competition because we've been doing it for longer we have the technology baked out better we have processes baked out better um you know in my eyes i'm, I'm a little biased of course but um they should be coming to us first so kind of that's that's the goal is um, instead of them, you know, searching around of, hey, what else is out there? Let me let me look at all these different companies. It's like, oh yeah, supporting strategies. I've heard of them. I've seen right. a, a flyer of theirs. So, yeah, no, I, I totally get it. Well, that makes a lot of sense, and I'm I'm. Uh, it, it makes sense why it's going well and why your team is growing. And uh, you know, the better the candidate experience is, the more talented folks that you can have come work for you, which are going to provide better experiences to the end client uh, that's paying, uh, you, mm-hmm. you know, generating revenue. Uh, so I, I think it, it all makes sense. It all starts with the, the quality of the people, right? So um, this has been really interesting. And again, this is like a unique uh, vantage point. We haven't really had this type of perspective on the show. So I really appreciate it. And uh, we're coming up on time here, but I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today on the show. Yeah, no, it's fun. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, for sure. And Katie, if people want to engage with you online, what's the best way for them to reach out? Um, LinkedIn is probably... Um the best method. I'm Katie Zotos. Um, If you want to email me, I'm kzotos, first initial, last name at supportingstrategies.com. Okay, for sure. Um, Well, everybody tuning in, thank you for joining us. And Katie, we'll uh, we'll talk again real soon. Take care. All right. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Breakthrough Hiring Show. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and gained a lot of valuable insights to help guide your talent strategy. I also want to say thank you to my team at Secure Vision for making the show possible. Secure Vision is the number one embedded recruitment provider, and we are a three-time category leader on G2. Secure Vision partners with over 150 companies to provide on-demand recruiters who specialize in either tech, revenue, or GNA. For more information, you can visit securevision.io. For more content, you can follow me on LinkedIn at James Mackey or on Twitter at James Mackey DMV. We've dropped links in the description. If you want to be on our show or have any topics you'd like for us to cover, reach out at breakthroughhiring.io. We really appreciate your support with reviews on Apple Podcasts. And lastly, make sure to tune in every Tuesday and Thursday for a new episode. See you next time.